friends, and welcome to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, coming your way. It is good to be with you live, both on the audio side of things, also on the uh, video side of things over on Facebook Live. I welcome you aboard. Uh, tonight is our final uh, main segment in the UN series, the Unseries, as we look at the word unlimited and the whole capacity, the whole idea of this tonight is looking at God's unlimited ability in spite of my limited capacity. So welcome aboard, my friends. It's good to be with you guys from Studio 14B. I am your host, Jay Trainer. A couple things going into tonight's broadcast that I'd like to share with you. Um, oftentimes, we will be people that will shortchange ourselves and dismiss our influence and think, man, I, I don't have a lot to offer. Uh, and we develop this side of us that compromises with this unbelieving aspect of thinking that, man, we we are incapable of all things. And you know what? Without God, that is 100% the reality. That is 100% true. But when it comes to relationship with God, when it comes to walking in that capacity, uh, I think that we do ourselves and we do God a disservice by shortchanging ourselves, by compromising, and instead of staying plugged into that which is true, we, we live by that which we think uh, is the best for us when in fact God says, you know what, I've made you for so much more. Second thing that I'd like to look at as it relates to tonight's main point is is we miss opportunities of what God wants to do inside of us and what God wants to do through us. And listen, I am one that is right there with you, if you can relate to that, where I will forget all that God has for me, all that God wants to develop inside of me. And unfortunately, uh, it becomes too little too late. And God awakens me up to the reality that, again, uh, he wants to do some incredible things inside of this life, and he wants to do some I- incredible things inside of your life too. And the last thing that I'd like to share with you as kind of a preamble before going into tonight's topic is this whole idea that with God's unlimited supply, with God's unlimited ability, uh, God also does not do anything that is counter to Scripture. So if you think that when we look at the context of unlimited, when we think of God in this infinite capacity, we also have to understand that he does draw the boundaries in his scripture. And if you think and believe that there is something uh, compromising in nature that God can do, you are absolutely wrong when it comes to that reality. So again, tonight we're looking at unlimited. We're looking at what it means to be plugged into God's unlimited ability with my limited capacity. And so with that being said, let's pray and let's dive into uh, two different stories that we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at uh, one that is pretty common in nature. You might be very familiar with this. If you've grown up in church life, you would know uh, the whole story surrounding the feeding of the 5,000 men with the five loaves and two fish. We're going to look at that. But we're also going to look at an Old Testament story that was really Uh, that was recently brought back to my attention, and it's the birth of Moses. And so with that being said, our first passage that we're looking at tonight is Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, or 1 through 10 rather, and then we're going to jump over to 
John chapter 6, a few verses in there. Let me pray and let's dive into God's amazing word. God, thank you uh, for tonight. Thank you for the chance to read your word. I pray, Lord, that we would even just get a hint at what it means to be plugged into your infinite wisdom, to your unlimited supply, to your unlimited ability, and help us to also understand our framework with our limited capacity. Lord, move in the reading of your word, speak to us clearly, and may you get all the glory for it. We pray this in your name, and together we say, Amen. All right, this is, my friends, Exodus 2, verses 1 through 10. Reading out of the NLT tonight, it reads as follows. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. My friends, that's a long time to keep a baby under wraps. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came to, the, to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw that the basket among the re- when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. She felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do. Do it, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Now take this baby and nurse him for me. This is wild. I love this part of the story. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. My friends, this is the reading, the first passage of the reading of the word of the Lord tonight. Before we jump into John 6, some highlights for you as it relates to this and God's unlimited, infinite ability. I think there's a concept here that we need to let go and simply let God uh, and trust God that he is in charge even in spite of our nature to worry and doubt and wonder and wander at points. God wants to give back, which is pretty wild and crazy when you think about it. God gave back in this case. God loves showing himself off, and here he is saying in this story, declaring in the story to the boy's mother through the sister kind of keeping a a weathered eye on what was going on. The princess says to the sister, go find someone to nurse. Go find someone to make sure that this boy is taken care of. I am not in that capacity right now. I'm not there. Would you 
go and find someone to take care of this boy. So what happens? This is awesome. I love this. God basically uses Moses' sister to find and connect Moses back to his mom. And now Moses' mom is getting paid to be Moses' mom. Huh. Think about that one. I wish I could get paid for being a dad. Unfortunately, oftentimes I have to pay to do it. To care for my kids, to take them out for different events. It's pretty wild. Here is a really cool idea of basically Moses' mom keeping the baby under wraps for three months and saying, you know what, we're going to keep him hidden just for a little while, see what takes place, see what happens. And then in three months when she couldn't uh, hide the baby anymore, maybe Moses was just louder at that point in time, not really sure what was going on. But what we do know is Moses couldn't be under wraps anymore. So Moses, there's an escape opportunity here that is taking place. Moses is put into a basket, put into the Nile River, Pharaoh's daughter notices and says, Aha, something's going on with this. I'm going to raise this child, but let me find someone to nurse and take care of this son that will be mine for such a time as this. And now all that is all that all that once was hidden is fully revealed, not necessarily the identity of Moses' mom, but here Moses is given up. The sacrifice is made. Oh God, would you take care of this boy of mine? And look what happens. It's amazing. It's awesome. Here God is, in his unlimited supply, is basically saying and declaring to Moses' mom, guess what? I'm going to allow you to be his mom, and I'm going to pay you for it. And we like to diminish God's capacity within our lives. Because we doubt, because we worry, she received payment for being Moses' mom. Again, it's a trust. God provided. It's pretty awesome. God provides. God provides. He provides the very best. And it's important not to just take on anything or, or simply say, you know what, we'll, we'll expect this all the time. But... What's really neat in this case is here is here's Moses being given up and God saying, you know what, Moses' mom, I've got your back. I'm going to take care of you. It's pretty awesome when you think about it. Our next story is found over in John chapter 6. And we're going to read a few of the verses here, verses 1 through 15 as it relates to the feeding of the 5,000 that's going on here. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs and as he healed the sick. And Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It's nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, 
Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? What's going on? How are we going to feed all these folks? How are we going to take care of this? Who's testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do? Philip replied by saying the following, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. Papa squat. (laughs) So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. They all ate as much as they wanted. They ate as much as they wanted to. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king. When Jesus noticed this, he slipped away into the hills by himself. This is a reading of the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for this incredible and awesome story. Now again, if you've grown up in church, if you've been around Sunday school, chances are you've probably heard that story somewhere along the the time period that you've been there. It's a pretty common story for those of us who have grown up in in church life. But here's here's the background. Here's the backstory for you. Crowds continued to follow Jesus wherever he went. They were numerous in in their their time. Uh they were numerous in in terms of sheer volume of people that would that would come and and check out and see what Jesus was doing. They were enamored, they were in awe because he was busy healing the sick and because there were miraculous signs. Uh, that were taking place. Now, at the time of verse 3, from what we see and read in this passage, he's alone with his disciples, teaching, training, and and allowing them to learn, because the Passover meal, the Passover celebration, was near. And the problem that they would face, as this story unfolded and as the crowd came near, is with our infinite eyes, or with our finite eyes, rather, uh, we see the the circumstance, but God already sees the solution of what's going on. The problem is this feeding of what now? Maybe people weren't urgent, or maybe the people weren't desperate, but there was a sense of urgency that was taking place because it was meal time. It was it was they were ready to have have a meal. Now Philip couldn't answer, right? And the other disciples, from what we know in this account, didn't speak up. But then there's Andrew who is uh, Simon Peter's brother. And he he kind of chimes in. He has a, a s- small spark of hope, a small voice of hope here, where he says in verses 8 and 9, he, he, let me just read it as, as it relates to this. He spoke up, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. Look, there's food over there. Check this out. There's something to be had. But what good is that for this huge crowd? 
And so he is left kind of wondering and wandering, kind of getting back to those terms again. And the deal here, again, is our finite eyes see the circumstance when God already sees the solution at hand. And sometimes he tests us, like in verse 6, because he already knew what he was going to do. So the act takes place in verse 11. I love this. Took the 5,000 men, along with whatever women and kids were there, sat them down, gave thanks, and distributed them, not just once, but twice, because it says in this account that he distributed the loaves first, then he distributed the fish. There were five loaves, two fish. Or some people like to say two fishes, for whatever reason. The plural of fish is fish. (laughs) Five loaves, two fish. Distributed the loaves, distributed the fish. And as verse 12 indicates, the people ate their fill. The leftovers have their place too. As we see in verse 13, there's 12 baskets full that are left over. Probably the equivalent of more than what they had there to begin with. My point is when we trust the Lord, when we put our faith in Him, when we believe that something amazing is about to take place that is beyond ourselves, it's not the focus on belief, it's not the focus on just throwing caution to the wind, it's placing the trust and the hope in Jesus' name. Wrap your brain around that for a second. I mean, think about it. There's Thanksgiving that's involved, and then there's this distribution that takes place. And, again, not just with the loaves, but also with the fish. And the amount of leftovers that's there is 12 baskets full after everybody had their fill. But there's something about the mob mentality. They forget who God is. They forget who Jesus is. They forget the unlimited nature of who he is. And then there's a case of mistaken identity. As verse 14 talks about in this passage of John chapter 6, it says, When the people saw him do the miraculous signs, surely they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet. Surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. So they wanted to force him to be the king, as we see in verse 15. The fact of the matter is, is yes, Jesus carries the title of king, and yes, Jesus carries the title prophet, but he's Messiah, he's Christ. He's the one that died for you and died for me for the sake of you and I having life forever with him, life eternally with him. I love the fact that there's this idea of sacrificing small, something with our time, our talent, our possessions. See what God can do with it. But there, there's this thing that, that holds us back. There's this inclination inside of you and inside of me that, that says, you know what, I don't want to. And there's a problem that, that happens inside of us. Why aren't we giving it away? 
And I have five quick thoughts as it relates to this aspect of things. Why don't we give it away? And I believe that the reason we don't give it away oftentimes is, one, we we love to hold on to things with a tight grip. We love to say, you know what? I've got this. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to depend on my own vices. And that's where I'm going to stay parked. Number two is we're afraid. We're filled with fear. We're filled with anxiety of um, taking the place or replacing of where trust and belief should be occupying that space. So we we have we hold on to things with a tight grip, and then uh, we allow fear and being afraid to take the place of trust and belief. The third thing is maybe we've been burnt before by previous experiences. Fourth thing is we're not always seeing the urgency or the desperation to go for it. We're cold to it. We're desensitized to it for whatever reason. And then the fifth thing, maybe our stuff is what defines us. Maybe our identity is rooted in the things that we have instead of being rooted in what God desires to develop inside of each one of us. But when we give, when we let go, when we say, you know what, Lord, we're going to put our faith and hope in you, that's when we see the unlimited nature of God's ability in spite of our limited capacity. And that, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. Look at these stories. Look at how God provided for Moses' mother. Not only was Moses' life spared, not only did that transpire and take place, but Moses' mom was cared for as well, financially. It's pretty awesome. She got a paycheck for being Moses' mom. And look what's happening here. In spite of the mob mentality, in spite of the mistaken identity that the mob of 5,000 plus would ascribe to Jesus, oh, this is the prophet, and try and force him to be king. God says, you know what? Or Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of your needs. I'm going to take care of your perceived needs. And look at the leftovers that takes place. Twelve baskets full. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Not exactly what we always perceive or understand as our needs. But my friends, God will take care of you. But we need to let go. We need to say, you know what? Less of me, more of you. I'm going to hold on to things with an open hand. And may you, O Lord, get all the glory for it. And so that, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm going to, um, because of the late start tonight, I'm going to pass on going over onto the Instagram side of things tonight. I'm going to pray with those of you who are on the Facebook Live side in just a few moments. But thank you for being part of tonight's broadcast, tonight's podcast. I appreciate you. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you next time. You've been part of the Untorn broadcast. You've been listening and watching Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer. Until next time, we'll see you soon right here on untorn.net.
The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Hi, I'm Taraji P. Henson. In my new movie, What Men Want, I can hear men's thoughts. You better think. On February 8th. How did this happen? The psychic gave me this tea. I thought black people stopped drinking tea after Get Out. Taraji P. Henson, Alda Sarge, Erica Badu, Tracy Morgan. If you only knew what I was thinking right now. Trust me, we don't want to know. <laughs> what men want. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. In theaters February 8th.